0: You're listening to the Quince
1: podcast.
0: In the first major step towards privatization, the center was finally able to sell Air India after trying for 20 years. The Maharaj of the skies, as Air India is known, returned 100% to its original owners, Tata Sans who had the winning bid of Rs 18,000 crore, of which Rs 15,300 crore will go into financing the airline's debt, and the rest as an upfront cash payment. For the Tatas, acquiring Air India is both an emotional and a long-term bet. At one end, they have regained control of one of the company's first major projects, started by JRD Tata himself way back in 1930s, and on the other, it's a re-entry into the competitive Indian airline industry, and rebranding Air India with the Tata business values will be a big financial challenge. How big exactly? According to a Hindu report, Tata could be looking at forking out an additional Rs 24,000 crore for just covering the operational and terminal service cost. And this is not counting the additional expenses of wages, pensions and rebranding. So, Tata's upcoming journey with Air India is certainly a long-haul flight. So, in today's episode, we discuss the challenges that Tata-sans may face with Air India the current competition in the industry and what it must do to make the airline fly high again. To discuss all this for today's episode, I'm joined by Jitendra Bhargava, the former Executive Director of Air India and author of The Descent of Air India. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and I'm your host, Emmat. Privatization of Air India is a major breakthrough given the astronomical debt the company is entrenched in. Since 2009, the centre has plunged over 1.1 lakh crore rupees to keep the airline afloat. And even so, as of August 2021, Air India's debt stands at a whopping 61,562 crore rupees. Add that to the daily rupees 20 crore loss that the centre, or more accurately the taxpayers, suffered for keeping it alive. Now, despite the huge debt sheet that Air India carries, Its new owners also get access to 4,400 domestic and 1,800 international landing and parking slots. In addition to this, the low-cost arm of the airline, Air India Express, is also included in the deal. But despite the perks and assets which Tata would have taken years to garner, the company has its work cut out for them. One of the biggest challenges for Tata will be dealing with Air India's massive employee pool of nearly 13,000 people. According to an Indian Express report, this comprises nearly 9,000 permanent employees, 4,000 contractual and about 2,800 employees on a deputation from other companies. And with this bloated employee size comes the issues of wages, salaries, pensions and allowances, all of which have been on hold due to the pandemic. And according to a 2017 Business Standard report, the company had 4,188 more employees on the payroll than the required amount. The report state that this also led to underutilization of several pilots and cabin crew. So, the question which every Air India employee now has is whether Tata would want to continue with such a big expenditure. And fearing this cutback, the Air India employee unions have already voiced their concerns. In a letter addressed to the Ministry of Civil Aviation on 13th October, Air India Union, which is the umbrella employee union for the airline, demanded that the employees should be allowed to stay in airline-provided accommodation for at least a year and raised other concerns like continuation of medical benefits for serving and retired employees, restoration of COVID allowances, and payment of arrears. So, the big question is, how will Tata sons deal with this massive employee wage bill and the union? What steps can the company possibly take? According to Jitendra Bhargava, the Tata's would need to dismantle the current work mindset of Air India employees and that can only be achieved through inspiring leadership.
1: see, it will undoubtedly be a huge challenge for the Tata's, considering the fact that they are getting a company which is moving from a government sector to a private sector. And we all know that work ethics, work practices are vastly different in the two sectors. Air India employees have come up the ladder having joined in their twenties and now maybe in the forties and the fifties and have worked as per a certain protocol work practices, work supervision, et cetera, which we all know does not lead to productive practices, does not lead to efficiency. So Tata's, once they get hold of the employees, they will have to re-engineer the work practices, dismantle the mindset of the employees, that they are as good as anybody else in the aviation industry. The reality must be made to dawn on them. And this can only be done through inspiring leadership. I have believed and I have stated very often It is not that the Air India employees are at fault. It is only that they were inherited with certain work practices, certain leadership with virtually no accountability. So once they are given inspiring leadership with goals set, they will deliver. And more importantly, considering that the government has assured that the employees will be retained by Tata's for at least one year. Now to me, This is a big, big step because all employees will be concerned about their job after completion of one year. So they will put in their best. They will pay heed to what they are told by the management that this is what they're required to do and deliver. So employees are a challenge, but we must realize that employees per se are not bad. Some of them may be, but the overwhelming majority will deliver. The only thing is because there are no time scales given. If an aircraft has to be maintained and you say it should be done in five days' time and the industry practice three days' time, there is no kind of punishment meted out or, put, or an engineer pulled up. So, whether it's the cabin crew, whether it's the ground handling staff, and everyone, they will have to play a role and change as per the company's requirements.
0: Another chronic challenge with Air India is its current airline fleet and the image it has in the market. Let's start with the current Air India fleet. According to money control report, Air India currently has a fleet of 117 aircrafts as of March, 2021, and all of them are in a dire need of an upgrade. The report states that the new owners will have to invest about $2.5 to $3 million per aircraft to upgrade the cabin and upholstery for the narrow body aircrafts, which are used for the short haul routes. The price tag is of course, bigger first long haul aircrafts used for international travel with each plane upgrade costing between 4.5 to $5 million. The other challenge is its poor market image and dwindling customer satisfaction. Take a 2018 India Today report for instance, which states that the number of people who had faced cancellations or were denied boarding was highest for Air India. The report adds that Air India also spent over Rs 80 lakh for compensation for delays, which was 50% more than the total compensation paid by other airlines combined. In the international arena as well, Air India is not making its customers happy. According to a 2016 Bloomberg report, Air India ranked the third worst airline in the world. Given these huge expenses and market hurdles which need to be addressed, how rapidly can the Tatas make Air India profitable? What is a realistic timeline for this? According to Mr. Bhargava, making the airline profitable is a herculean task. However, in the short term, reducing Air India's expenses will not be very difficult since many cost-saving measures while Air India was in the government's hands were not taken.
1: You see, the quest for profitability must be looked in with at least two aspects in mind. One, the impact of the pandemic on the air travel industry. Consequently, every airline in the world is currently losing money. Second, India is a hugely price sensitive market. And that's the reason why most airline barring Indigo has been in losses. Good quality airline, Kingfisher, Jet Airways could not make money. Vistara from the Tata's table also has not been able to make money, notwithstanding the fact that it's one of the finest airlines. So first priority for Tata would be to try and reduce the quantum of losses that Air India currently suffers before embarking on turning it into a profitable airline. What they need to do is that there are a whole lot of wasteful expenses currently being incurred by Air India. The work practices are not productive and not efficient, therefore it costs the company much more. On the marketing front, they have used the ploy of attracting passengers at not only low fares, but also giving additional advantages to the passengers just to entice them by saying, we'll give you 30 kilograms of weight baggage allowances. Whereas the industry practice in India for domestic travel is 15 kilograms. All this costs money. So I'm sure the Tata management will look at all these wasteful expenses, unproductive practices, perhaps renegotiate the big ticket contracts, because they may be not done in a very bargainful manner by the previous, by the current Air India management, Sarkari Air India. So you know these changes will have to be looked at. And more importantly is. One side is the cost element. The second side is the revenues. They've got to get the employees of Air India into the market. You don't keep them engaged in mundane activities in offices. Let them chase passengers who have shunned Air India for whatever reason it is, that Air India is now under the house of Tatars. A radical change in the product quality. Please patronize us. So unless a passenger is approached, or the, particularly the corporate world, companies who have large travel budgets, they ought to be contacted, got into, got into, got for air travelling in Air India back. So all these things will have to be done. One can't really elaborate on all these factors, but there will be series of actions that Tata will have to take, and many of them may have to be drastic actions.
0: Tata's acquisition of Air India has also now spelled trouble for the other players in the aviation sector. And it didn't take long for the market share leader, Indigo Airlines, to acknowledge the challenge. And it didn't take long for the market share leader, Indigo Airlines, to acknowledge the challenge. In an interview with Reuters, Indigo CEO Nonojoy Datta on 13th October said that it sees Tata sons as a quote-unquote, formidable competition. And according to a Hindu report, Indigo currently takes in about 58.6% of the market Air India is at 13.4%, SpiceJet is at 9.1%, and GoFirst, which was formerly GoAir, is at 2.3%. And alongside these airlines, the entry of new players like Akasa Airlines, which is Rakesh Junjunwala's new investment, and the rebirth of Jet Airways will also make it difficult for Air India to take a larger slice of the cake. And Tata Sun's existing stake in Vistara Airlines in Air Asia also poses a difficult question on how they will compete with Air India and Air India Express. With overlapping routes and high operating costs for both Vistara and Air Asia, is a merger of all four airlines on the books. Mr. Bhargava, Vaisan.
1: You see, Tata's is a professional corporate group. We all know about it. I would not for a moment think that while bidding for Air India, they would not have thought through the whole process as to what they would do with Vistara and Air Asia India. But what I can say is that there isn't any example in the global industry. Where you find airlines from the same stable competing. Take the case of London, where Vistara also flies and Air India also flies. Now, you can't have both airlines competing with British Airways, for example. So, a time will come when you say there'll be one entity from the House of Tatars which will fly to London, which of course will be Air India, considering the fact that the government has stipulated that the Tata, that Air India name, has to be retained. And secondly, and more importantly, Air India is known world over.
0: Mr Bhargava adds that taking on the existing competition with the current pandemic aviation climate will be a challenge for Air India. However, the international market where Air India is dominant should be the focus of the airline.
1: We must understand that Indigo, though commanding 55-56% market share of the domestic market, does not fly to Europe, United States, Australia, Japan for that matter. Air India does so either we take the number of passengers only from the domestic perspective or take the airline as a composite international plus domestic airline now there you will find that air india and combined with bistara combined with air india express air asia india etc have a sizable market share so what Tazas have got is a huge market share on which they got to build further and as i said that if you get into the market aggressively with good advertising campaign no constraints on funds, you will find Tata's registering significant increases in market share year after year. And this should be taken as a given, considering the fact that the inertia in the Sarkari Air India system has kept many of the passengers away who have not patronized, particularly the younger generation. So things will change, and let's give them time to get on with the act and then say the market share is also growing. Number two is not a bad number in the hierarchy of the number of, on the airline, the way the airlines are ranked at the moment based on market share. But on the international scale, if you look at it, Air India leads all the other carriers. In fact, all the carriers can be put together and then said, do they match Air India's international traffic, international revenue, and you will not find them coming very close to it.
0: Turning Air India into a profitable asset once again after decades of loss will surely be a daunting task. Given the ground realities of the business, it is going to be a long-haul flight for the Tata sons. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Geos7, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com.